0: On behalf of the clergy of St. Agnes, I'd like to wish all of you praying with us this morning a very blessed and happy Easter. This morning's Mass is offered for the repose of the souls of Mary and Matthias Fredericks. Therefore, let us feast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We continue our homily series on the four last things and purgatory with of course very fittingly this last one occurring on easter and of course covering heaven on good friday jesus said to the good thief today you will be with me in paradise notice jesus is talking about paradise not as an earthly location, not as some kind of a place of earthly delights, but instead is saying, you are going to be allowed into heaven. It's quite a remarkable thing. To all who have entrusted themselves to the mercy of Christ, eternal joy and happiness awaits in heaven. Jesus rose from the dead on Easter Sunday and on Holy Saturday, what do we, by tradition, say he was doing? The harrowing of hell, where he went down to bring up all of the faithful people, part of the Old Testament and all of those that were just and righteous. We believe that Adam and Eve had repented of their sins by tradition, David as well, and so many of the other patriarchs and those in known and unknown in the Bible were taken up into heaven. Now, all throughout history, there seems to be this general thought that there is a place of reward, a place of peace. One almost has to choose to be an atheist or a materialist in order to uh, you know refuse in some way this idea of an afterlife now granted our sense of an afterlife is much different than those uh, than that of the pagans for example the vikings believed in valhalla and they believed that they would be able to fight, eat, drink, and be merry every day. If they died in the battle on one particular day in the afterlife, then they would be risen to new life so they could fight, eat, drink, and be merry the next day. That's not our vision of heaven. That's not the truth of what heaven is about. My brothers and sisters, the most essential aspect of heaven is that we experience God. We get to see God face-to-face, as Scripture says. And this aspect of seeing God means that we don't have any anything between us. So, for example, the way our mind usually works is our senses uh, draw in into our brain an image or so, but then our a phantasm, you might say, either an image or a sensory input of some kind, but our immaterial soul, the rational faculty of it, Is able to draw from it a form usually uh, again some kind of uh, an abstract notion about it well when we get to experience God we don't have any just an image instead there is literally a uniting there will not be an ability to comprehend God in other words We don't fully understand God, but God allows us to not just have an idea of him, but instead to be united to he who is the idea, the word, which is a truly remarkable thing. If it's complicated, don't worry. It'll be cleared up in heaven. But what we must understand about heaven is that we are now having all of our best attractions lifted up. For example, just in knowledge, we will now, if we yearn for truth here in this world, we get to experience the truth and we get to know what we've always wanted to know. When it comes to loving and being loved, remember God gave us all of these good desires So that they find their fulfillment not in this world but in him and so this idea of being loved for example so often people look for love in the wrong places in this world they look for attention they look for adulation but in heaven there is the authentic love of God and all of the saints and angels authentically loving us as well so that we know the love of God and of course then we are able to love we're able to pour ourselves out in love to God and to all the saints and angels also we are able to have this peace we're able to um, be what we were meant to be our bodies will be raised up and they will have the resurrected bodies will of course at the end of the world we will have if we've suffered martyrdom like jesus the glorified wounds but our imperfections will be corrected we will no longer experience suffering or death and we will also be impeccable in other words we won't be able to choose sin again Because we are experiencing God, there's no turning back. Instead, this idea that we hear in scripture that no one can see God and live is truly about the idea that we cannot go back once we have experienced the goodness of God. Once we have experienced his love, there is no going back. So my brothers and sisters, Let us yearn to start preparing for heaven here, why? Because one of the main activities in heaven as we see in the book of Revelation is to give God glory and praise for eternity. We see in the book of Revelation, how the angels and saints and the faithful are surrounding the lamb uh, upon the throne and they are praising him for his kindness his goodness, his ability to transform uh, that which is evil into goodness, his power within all of history. And so when these things are recapitulated in heaven, we have the opportunity to keep saying, glory be to God. My brothers and sisters, we begin to yearn for heaven, to prepare for heaven right now. Because when we attend Mass worthily, as soon as this pandemic is starting to ease, hopefully you and I will be doing this sacrifice of the Mass with such fervor that we begin really to almost have a heaven on earth, which is what, again, the Mass is supposed to be, where we are being united through Holy Communion, assuming we don't have any sin on our soul, with God and whereby we are then thanking and praising God now and hopefully forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.